Tonight, we have a guest speaker, but she's not really a guest. She's actually one of our key leaders. She leads our intercession team. And if you know this lady, you know she's a firecracker after Jesus. She loves Jesus with her whole heart, and she's had such an influence on many of us in this room. So would you join me in welcoming Leah Muenberg to share with us tonight? Oh, yes. No. Wow. I am so excited. And I just want to say, I just love all of you guys. Like, seriously, Thursday nights are just one of my favorite nights of the week, just coming and being with all of you, all of everyone who's consistent here. And if it's your first time, welcome. We are excited to have you. I'm debating if I want to use this stool or not, and I think I'm just going to push it aside for right now because I just want to stand. But yes, my name is Leah, and I am going to start by sharing just a little bit about myself because some of you probably don't know me super well. So on the screen, there's going to come up a picture of me and my family. So this is me and my family. It's a little blurry, but I am in the middle. To the left is my mom and dad. To the right is my sister-in-law, my brother, and their two kids. And they have one on the way, which I'm just so excited for. And then to the far left is my sister and her dog. Love my family. They're amazing. We can go to the next slide. And just a little bit about myself is I love to run. And I have a running buddy. Shout out to Hannah who runs with me. If you're wondering why we look kind of silly, maybe we look a little tired and that's because we were actually at middle school camp. And if you've ever been to middle school camp, you guys just know. You just know. You can relate to that picture. To the right is me and my dog, Samson. The reason why I share that picture to you guys is because he's actually 16 years old. So he's been there for a really long time. And moving on is pickleball. And if you're wondering about the picture on the right, I'm in nursing school. (laughs) I feel like that's all I have to say about that. I'm in nursing school. This was the picture on my last day of lab class. I graduate in April, and I am so excited for that. Yes, thank you. It will be a big accomplishment. And so that is a little bit about me. Like Jared said, I also lead the intercession team here at Access. We meet every single Thursday before Access at 5.30. And just a little plug, you guys are all welcome to join us in that too. It's not just like a select few people, but you guys are all equipped and qualified to join us and pray with us at 5.30 every Thursday for Access for this church family And yeah, with that being said, I will also be speaking on intercession and prayer tonight. And what better way to start off than to pray? So would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we love you. Father, we love you. God, we love your presence. Lord, there's fullness of joy in your presence, Father. God, I just thank you for who you are, that you are a prayer hearing, God, that you're actually in the room right now, God, that you're actually listening to this prayer, Father, that you are here. God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you you rest in this place, God, Holy Spirit, that you would rest in our hearts tonight, God, that you would bring about change in our life, Father God, all unto knowing you more, Jesus. God, all unto knowing you. And so, Father, we give this night to you, Lord, do what you want with it, and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Amen. So, yes, we are in a series on prayer. If you're a part of Res Life Church and you are in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, that is what we're kind of doing to kickstart the year. What better way to start the year than to pray? Prayer is so powerful, you guys. Last week, Pastor Jared preached a, a fire word on prayer and what it is and how it's actually a relational aspect. It's not just Uh, shooting requests up to God, but it's actually a personal relationship that prayer is that invites us into. And going from that, I will be speaking on what is intercession. I will be getting a little bit into the Old Testament. I'll be sharing some of my personal story, how I've developed a prayer life, and then also ending with another short story and an activation. So let's get started. The main point, I'm just going to give you guys the main point that I want to convey tonight, because what better way than just with a clear point right here, I want to convey that prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. We are going to be referring back to one verse this time, which is going to be John 15, 5, which says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. It's good. All right, let's start. What is intercession? What is prayer? Prayer is, intercession is our instrument that we have to impart spiritual blessing to others. This phrase that is on the screen, prayer is our instrument to impart spiritual blessing to others, actually gave me a really nice view of what intercession is, what is what this prayer is. Sometimes people might explain it as um, standing in the gap for one another. Um, if someone needs something, you can pray to a God who is, who is rich, a God who has all that we could ever need. You can pray to him and he wants to bless us. And so this phrase kind of helped me um, wrap my mind around this idea of what is intercession. It's our instrument to impart spiritual blessing to others. So we're going to take a look now into a story of intercession in the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at the story of Moses. If you have your Bible with you, amazing, you guys can turn and open to Exodus 32. We're specifically going to be looking at verses 7 through 14. So I'm going to give a little bit of backstory into what's going on in this story because we're kind of jumping in a little bit in the middle, but it's okay. So basically, Moses, he is the guy who just led the Israelites out of Egypt, and they are now in the wilderness. And so Moses, he goes up, he goes onto a mountain, he's speaking with God, he is up there for quite some time, and the Israelites down below at the bottom of the mountain, they're getting a little bit impatient, they're probably just like, oh, where is this guy, Moses, he's kind of left us and now we're just standing here staring at each other like what are we supposed to do (laughs) and so they came up with an idea to burn all of their jewelry melt it all down create this golden calf and that's what they used to worship they worshiped this iron or yeah gold statue basically they made an idol and so we are now going into the story where Moses is speaking with the Lord in a time of prayer So let's begin at verse 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed, yes, they have 
sorry, they have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it, and they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. I have seen these people. Sorry. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and I may destroy them. Then I will make you a great nation. Okay, just pause a second. So Moses is having a conversation with God and God actually interrupts Moses and says, Moses, like this is what these people are doing and it's not good. Like I, I actually want to destroy them and start afresh. And so that's what God just said to Moses. And now this is Moses' response on pause, verse 11. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land, I promise them, and it will be their inheritance forever. So this was, there's a second part, but we're going to pause again for a second. So Moses just responded to God, praying what he believed was God's heart for his people, to not destroy them. Moses basically was like, God, like, why would you do that? This is, and Moses being um, a person who, whose family was down there, whose friends was down there, whose brother was leading with him, he's like, God, don't do this. And let's take a look at what verse, verse 14 says. It says, Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. So let's recap the story a second. Moses is talking to God. He, God shares to Moses what his people are doing, the anger that it's causing in him and what it's making him want to do. And Moses responds by declaring God's heart for those people. And God actually responds and says, okay. God answered Moses' prayer just like that. And we can also take note that in this story, the, the prayer that Moses was praying was actually initiated by God. It's not like Moses thought all of this up himself and was like, um, yeah, like, God, all of a sudden I feel like that these people are doing this thing and I'm going to pray for it. And no, but God actually was so gracious in sharing with Moses what was happening that it urged Moses to pray, and God answered the prayer. And it makes me wonder, what has God shared with us that maybe he's asking us to pray for? That he's actually waiting to answer. And so as I was preparing, I was just uh, thinking of this verse in my head. It's 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9, and it says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And I read that and I thought, God, 
did you just tell us what you were going to do for those who don't obey your gospel? Did you just tell us what actually is in store for people who don't obey the gospel of Jesus Christ? What should our response be? And I thought back to what intercession is. And if, if intercession is our instrument to impart spiritual blessing to others, maybe it's time that we play the instrument of prayer. It says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he has good gifts for people who maybe he's waiting for us to pray. (laughs) That he would impart those gifts to those people who are searching for it, who need that gift. And this was just so powerful when I, was, when I was even preparing for this message. I was like, wow, God, you actually do warn us that if we do not follow you, if we don't say yes to Jesus, that it actually ends in destruction. And so it just pushes, it can push us to pray. And so then moving forward, why do I pray? I, I, we're all on a life, we all have different prayer lives, we're all in different spots. Some of us, maybe we don't really pray that often, and that's okay. But, and some of us, maybe we pray for hours on end, and that's great. But I just want to let you guys in on a little bit of my prayer life and how I have come about. And so, well, not how I've come about, but how I've come about, like, <laughs> in prayer. And so I first just want to, like, do a little advertisement for this book because it just completely changed the way that I pray. It's called The Ministry of Intercessory Prayer, and it's by Andrew Murray. And so if you guys are listening to this message and you just want to read more about it, I just totally recommend this book. You might even read it and be like, this girl, Leah, she just literally took lines from this book and spoke on it and... That's partially true, but anyway. <laughs> it's just so good. So I, we're going to go back to our centering verse a second, John 15, 5. Specifically, the last little part of that says, For apart from me, apart from God, you can do nothing. And I read that verse, and I, I sat in my room, and I realized exactly what that verse said, that apart from God... I can do nothing. And that just kept replaying in my mind. I was like, wow, I can't do anything apart from the Lord. Like, I can do nothing, no thing. And that was just like replaying in my mind. And at first it was like, dang, like, I, gosh, I can't even do anything. Like, what? But then it, the more I thought about it, the more I actually entered into freedom. Because I was like, wow, I don't have to do anything like apart from the Lord. It's actually Christ in me that is doing all the things that I actually want to do. And so me having this realization that apart from the Lord, I can do nothing was one of the most freeing experiences I've had, specifically when it comes to prayer. As I sat there, I was like, man, so how do I let God do everything. (laughs) Like, how do I not do anything? And something that was so sweet is God just invited me into a time of prayer with him in placing my dependence, not on myself, I'm not putting the pressure on myself, but actually this time of like exchange almost of me putting my dependence and my, the pressure that I was feeling on the Lord. And this is what 
urges me to pray. My sense of powerlessness, my sense of, man, I can't do anything, urges me to pray. And so I actually am going to have you guys do a little repeat after me because this just completely changed my life. I want you guys to repeat after me, okay? I can do nothing (laughs) apart from the Lord. (laughs) That can just be so freeing to recognize that, you guys. And that's what actually just freed me and pushed me into prayer, my prayer life. And so we're going to look at James 5, 15 through 18 which also is just such encouragement for us in prayer. So starting in verse 15, it says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And so what this verse says is the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it's effective. And so when we kind of go into this revelation that, man, I can't do anything apart from the Lord, but then we swing into this other end of, but my prayer is powerful and effective. It actually can transform the way that we live and we can actually see the Lord start to move in our life. And so I want you guys to repeat after me again and say, my prayer is powerful powerful and effective. effective. Let's go. That's so good, you guys. I just have a quick story to share on how I've seen this powerful prayer work in my life. And it's actually also um, my friends' prayers as well because we pray together a lot. And just having friends that pray is just, it's the best, you guys. And so there was one time I was driving home from school or work. I don't even remember where I was coming from. It was kind of before the whole no hands on the phone rule. So I had my phone in my hand and doing like the voice memos and stuff. And I was just driving. And I don't even remember who felt this or whose idea it was. But we were praying against social anxiety. I don't remember whose idea it was, but we felt something on that. And so we pushed into this and we were praying. We were just like, God, we pray against social anxiety. God, I pray for boldness for people to come to gatherings and be transformed by you. And we were just going after it through voice memos. And I get home, didn't really think anything of it, put my phone away, go about my life. I check my phone like, I don't know, an hour or so later. And I get this text from someone that I maybe I've talked to once in my life and we exchanged numbers and she texts me and she says, Leah, I am coming to access tonight. I've been so scared to for so many months. My social anxiety, she used the word social anxiety has kept me from coming, but I'm going to come tonight. And I was like, voice memo with my friends, like, oh my gosh, this girl just texted me and I, (laughs) and it just, (laughs) put this like fire inside of me of God we just prayed that and you answered and actually imparted this spiritual blessing on her and she came and she comes consistently now and she is continuing to walk in the blessing that me and my friends prayed for 
And this story is, is something that I believe that each of you can also have in your life. Once you start praying, you are going to start hearing these testimonies of God answering prayers. Why? Because God answers prayers. <laughs> he is a prayer hearing God, and not only does he hear it, but he also answers it when we ask according to his will. And so you guys now might be thinking, okay, like this is great. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to pray. And you might just be wondering like, okay, how do I move forward in this? What can I do? How can I move forward? And I'm going to share this verse with you, which on the outside, it might just like feel kind of light and fluffy. Okay, I'm just going to read it actually. Okay, anyway. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And you read that and you're like, okay, yes, be devoted to prayer. I can do it. And then you get home and you get in your room and you're like, man, I'd really rather just watch my TV show right now instead and then go to bed and you fall asleep and you're like, oh, then you wake up in the morning and you're like, shoot, I was planning to pray and then I didn't and then you get on with your day and then you go and you go and you go and you work and you go to school and then, then you go home and then you're like, oh man, I'm just tired. I just want to watch TV show again. And then you guys see this like pattern kind of where it's like, okay, maybe this verse isn't as easy as it comes across. But this verse, God is actually asking us to be devoted to prayer. Devotion, give our devotion to prayer. Be committed to prayer. Be consistent in prayer. Be faithful in prayer. It's actually what we're being asked in this verse. And so how do you move forward? How do you grow in your prayer life? And I just want to bring us to a spot. And I want to answer that question by saying, we need to pray past our level of comfort. We need to pray past our comfort level. If we're comfortable with going home, praying a quick prayer before bed, saying, God, I love you, good night, and then go to sleep. Maybe the Holy Spirit's bringing up about us, like, oh, maybe I can actually start praying for my friend who doesn't know the Lord. Maybe I can give God a little more than five minutes of prayer before I go to bed. And so I just have a quick story to share with you. It is about my dear friend, William Booth. <laughs> From 1865. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> Anywho, so William Booth, he is the founder of the Salvation Army. Some of you might have heard this story before. Um, I've heard it a few times in different messages, and it's just something that stuck with me ever since I heard it, and so I just want to share it with you guys. So General William Booth, he founded the Salvation Army, and he built this um, ministry up in London, and so he is from that side, and he... <laughs> okay. <laughs> He began this ministry, and he had these different, like, stations in different cities where the gospel was going forth, and he was, his goal was to get the people rejected by the church to know the gospel and be saved. 
And so he had different, what you would call, officers in each city uh, that he was stationed in. And so in one of the cities, they had um, these women, Mary and Kate Jackson, and they were stationed here, and they were laboring after um, the city. They were sharing the gospel, and they labored for two years, and they didn't actually see any salvation. And they might have been thinking in their head, don't quote me on this. This is me kind of reading into the story a little bit. But maybe they were thinking in their head, like, hmm, what can we do to get people to come to our gatherings? Maybe we'll, like, have a hot dog cart and give away free hot dogs, and then people will be saved. Or, like, just coming up with all their own ideas. And eventually their ideas ran dry because they emailed the general, William Booth, and they said can we move spots? Like, this place is not working out. Like, we are not seeing any fruit. This place is dead. We, are, we need to go somewhere else. And General Booth, I can imagine him receiving the telegram because it was 1865, and he was like, hmm, like, they, they're giving up in prayer, maybe. And so he t- replies, and he says, actually, just two simple words, and they receive it, and then, yeah, I can just imagine their reaction, but he says, try tears. And so Kate and Mary Jackson, they began praying for their city, for the people to come to know the Lord to the point of tears. Talk about praying past your comfort level, you guys. When was the last time maybe that we've prayed so hard and so long for someone for the loss that we've actually began to weep? And so Mary and Kate, they listened to General William Booth, and they began praying to the point of tears. They began to weep for the lost in their city, and they began to see a move of God in their city like they have never seen before. They began to see salvation actually break out. After laboring for two years, you guys, they spent two years in that city and did not see anything. They began to pray past their comfort level, and God began to move in a powerful way. And it just makes me wonder, what is on the other side of us choosing to pray past our level of comfort? What if each one of us in this room said, yes, like I commit to devote myself to prayer and pray past my comfort level. What can that mean for this community? What can that mean for our lost family members? What can that mean for that, that coworker who you just get annoyed with, but you know they don't know the gospel, so it's hard to be that annoyed with them, and you just start praying to the point of tears for them until boom, they come to know the Lord. I just wonder, you guys, and I don't, I don't ask us these questions to bring about condemnation to us. It, if you like, like, man, I don't pray like, at all. Like, I, don't ask, I don't ask these questions to bring about condemnation, but actually to bring about change and conviction in our hearts. And something that I just want to so clearly communicate to you guys and kind of go back to, to the story of Moses is God is the initiator, If you are with the Lord, if you, if you enjoyed this time of worship with God that we had in the beginning and you just sit in the presence of God and you say, God, I, I don't know what to pray for. I just know that I'm supposed to pray. <laughs> 
that's enough, you guys. Allow the Lord to minister to you. Allow the Lord to speak to you. And he will actually give you things to pray for. If you are sitting here and you're like, man, I run out of things to pray for after maybe two minutes. Great. Pray for two minutes. Run out of things to say and sit and listen and allow the Lord to place in your heart things to pray for. As Jared was saying last week, prayer is a two-way communication. We get to make requests to God, but he also gets to speak to us. And so if you're sitting here and what's been stopping you from praying is, man, I don't know what to pray for, I have great news for you. God actually wants to give you things to pray for. (laughs) It's so, it's so good, you guys. And, and when we begin to actually pray the will of God, I, as I was, I, was, I was even praying for tonight, I, I just felt the Lord so clearly say to me that he said, Leah, I can't resist but to answer the prayers of my people when praying according to his will. He can't resist it. And so I'm, I'm just going to share a verse that is, that is the will of God, something that we can be praying for. And it is 2 Peter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This verse is the will of God, and it's something that we can actually pray for, for people to come to repentance, to know Jesus as Lord, as a prayer-hearing God. Jesus is actually within us. He's in this room. The Holy Spirit's here, and sometimes I know we can get in the mindset of praying is like tossing like up prayer request to the Lord, but I want us to actually take time and recognize that prayer is having like a conversation with someone who's right in front of you. Because sometimes if you're praying, thinking that you are praying to someone who's really far away, it just makes it a lot harder to pray. Like you're like trying to talk loud enough so he can hear you. But when you recognize that he's actually within you and right in front of you and around you, it makes it that much more special and intimate with the Lord. And so where do we go now? What do we do? I believe, or at least for me, when I came to this realization of God, I'm not praying like I should. (laughs) You tell me to devote myself to prayer, and I pray maybe five minutes a day. It's a really good five minutes, but it's really not what it should be. And I repented to the Lord, and I said, God, I repent for my lack of prayer. Would you actually help me pray? That is what changed my prayer life. Allowing God to come in and actually pray in me and through me is what transformed my life of prayer and my life in general because prayer changes lives, which is just this beautiful like inner working of the Lord. It's so cool. And so... I actually want to lead us in just a prayer of repentance. 
I believe that the Lord just would be so pleased by that and just really draw us to him in that time. It's just drawing near to the Lord and turning from our own way of thinking and turning to the Lord and letting him actually change our hearts and our minds. And so you guys just want to close your eyes with me. I am just, I'm going to have you guys repeat after me this prayer of repentance. And if that is you and you are saying to yourself, man, I don't pray like I should, I believe that right now can be a marking moment for you. That tonight on January 11, it can actually be the beginning of a flourishing prayer life with the Lord. And prayer It is intimacy with the Lord. It is closeness. It's talking to a friend. And so if you guys could just repeat after me. Say, Father, I repent from the lack of prayer in my life. I'm sorry for giving up too easily. I recognize now that I can do nothing apart from you. Holy Spirit, would you fill me up and help me walk in a way that's pleasing to you. Amen. It's good, you guys. It's really good. That that prayer just stoked something in me because that is just the very prayer that I prayed and then everything changed. (laughs) And my hope for you guys is that you can walk away knowing that prayer is powerful and that God can actually initiate it inside of you. And so now, you guys, as we have this, this new knowledge and this new understanding of what prayer is, what intercession is, and the power that it carries... I actually want us to practice it as a community and practice intercession, practice praying for others and interceding on their behalf. And I wholeheartedly believe that this time of intercession right now that we are about to take part of will actually escape these walls and go and touch the lives of those in the community, go and touch the lives of your family members and actually change things. If we choose right now to take part in this time of intercession and pray past our comfort level, I believe things might actually shift and change. And so what... I'm going to do. There's going to be some prayer points that come up on the screen. And a prayer point's going to come up. I'll announce the prayer point. And I'm going to ask all of you, this is an all play, all participate game, or prayer time, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And we get to take part in this. It's called waterfall prayer. If you haven't heard of it, I'll start praying. And each one of you, out loud, join with me in prayer. And it just sounds like a waterfall. It's beautiful. The Lord thinks it's beautiful. It's amazing. So, yes, our first prayer point that we are going to be going after 
is salvation. And we get to stand on this verse that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So join with me, guys, in prayer. If you're uncomfortable, let's go. Let's push past our comfort level in this. So, Father God, we love you, Lord. We pray for salvation, Father God. good you guys next point we have here is for God encounters we're going to be standing on Philippians 3 10 through 12 which is so good you guys it says I want to know Christ yes to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me let's press into this verse in this you guys and pray for an encounter with God.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We want to know you. Just go into a time of praying and just warring after this access community and for God to just stir up a hunger for God's word within us, a hunger for the word of God to, to flood this community, flood this room even. May we just press into this in a time of intercession and in prayer. So Father God, we, we are hungry for you, God. I pray that you And lastly, you guys, we are just going to press into identity and freedom. And we are going to be praying Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And then John 8.31 through 32 to the Jews who had believed in him Jesus said if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so let's go you guys yeah.
So, Father, we love you. God, we love you here. We love your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit. God, that you're here. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, I thank you that things are changing in this atmosphere, Father God. Lord, that we are being set free from lies of the enemy. We are set free from opinions of others. And Father God, we are beholding you in a new way like we never have before. God, that we are encountering you in a new way. God, we are seeing a new side of your face, Jesus. All unto knowing you, Lord. All unto you, Jesus. God, I thank you that in this time of intercession, God, that people are being changed, God, and that lives are being touched. Jesus, I thank you for your salvation, God. And Lord, I pray, God, for, for this room and for their, the family members in this room, God, who are not saved. Lord, I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are doing a work inside of them. God, I pray that you send laborers into their path, Father God. Lord, to share the gospel with them, Lord. God, to bring them into freedom, Jesus freedom from the world, God, and into a right standing relationship with you, God. Lord, you are so good. You are so worthy, Jesus. And Lord, you are worth it. You are worth being devoted to prayer, God. You are worth it, Jesus. God, I pray for this access community, Lord, that we would be a people that forsake the life of ordinary prayer, God, and step into the newness of life with you, Jesus, and prayer with you, God. It's a with God life. And Lord, I pray just for freedom from self-sufficiency in this room that we would not be people who rely on our own strength, but we would be marked by the dependence on you, Jesus. God, we would be a people marked and known by being with you. Lord, that you, Jesus, are the author and perfecter of our faith, God. Lord, we allow you to come in and to author our faith and to perfect it. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We offer this night to you. God, would you seal this time of prayer? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, you guys. Wow. Well, I just want to thank you guys so much. This has just been so fun. And yeah, if you didn't know me and now you know me a little bit because, you know, I shared some pictures and I just talked for like 45 minutes. And you're like, man, I just want to go talk to her. I just love meeting new people and new friends. So if you need a friend here, I would just love to be that for you. So with that... Thank you guys very much. <laughs>